0: Good evening and welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show with me, Hugh Hattrick, and a very special guest. For once, we've got someone involved in real sports. It is Will Daniels. Good evening, Will.
1: Evening. How are you doing?
0: Um, very well. It's great to see you tonight and thanks so much for coming back on the show. You've decided to be brave and come <laughs> back and give us an update on what you've been doing. But uh, to give us an idea, I was saying I, I like how many different jobs you do, because uh, I put that you're involved in motorsports. Just um, exactly the first question could be how many different jobs do you have at the moment on in motorsports?
1: <laughs> Currently a, a, a Formula One engineer in the wind tunnel, uh, I, but then um, I'm trackside with. Uh, Newbridge Motorsport with the Aston Martin GT4 in the British GT. I'm trackside as an engineer for the mini-challenge series with Accelerate Motorsport, Um, and I do some sim racing support on the side and some karting, mechanic and race engineering, or various roles in karting, so uh, I'm sure there's some other bits I've missed.
0: (laughs) Yeah! and uh, If you're involved in all these great ones, you're probably not allowed to say which you prefer, or what is the most exciting... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, right, what <laughs> what have been some of the the, the, the highlights of the year because it's been a pretty impressive year for you. Um but what's been some of the best things that have been
1: happening in your career this year? Uh I've been, it's been quite a fortunate year. The the two memories that come back are definitely the the two championship wins. And, uh, the Aston Martin GT4 was that was a good championship win, really enjoyed that. That was great with this the team but uh, yeah. the, the Mini Challenge uh, championship with Dan Zelos was the most exciting one uh, going into the weekend with a, a four point lead, bearing in mind that the championships are working in the 700 point region. Uh, we entered qualifying still with a four point lead after race one. It was a one point lead, went overnight, came back on Sunday morning. Race one, uh, race two, we were then down to a one point deficit in P2 from uh, the first Goodness. time. Something like croft earlier in the season and then the final race uh dan managed to claw it back to i think a few point advantage by the end of the race but i think that was the the end of that race was that was special (laughs) wow now that's the thing now we've got one of the guys in the the comments jerry
0: is saying that he was at brands hatch a few weeks ago and i think he saw your team race there um (laughs) so was that the kind of the big finale of the season then was it
1: yeah, but if it was Brands Hatch GP as opposed to Brands Hatch Indy, because I think we did in, Indy at the start of the season I and mean, then GP at the very end, and that was a that was a good good weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was fantastic.
0: And was it, now, obviously, you get you get near all the cars, and the sounds must be amazing. Does that Aston Martin sound as good in real life as it does on the Sims?
1: Yes, the best the best bit about the Aston, which you won't get on a sim, is the run-ups that we do in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. Friday Saturday Sunday morning the one of the first things that the, the crew and engineers need to do is run up the car and do a systems check yeah. uh, and so you fire it up you leave it on the cold sort of burble for a bit which is it's all right you get used to that. uh but it's when you're doing the uh flat shifting through the box uh about midway through the run-up <laughs> that's, that's when you get the bangs in the garage and then obviously because you're reverberating around the garage yeah. It's one of the, the best ones although the bentleys uh you won't you not you don't get this on the sims where the the bentley seems to have some form of interesting oil feature that means that if you're in the garage next to a bentley you sort of get intoxicated by uh all the gearbox or some turbo fumes that come over it's horrible <laughs> oh goodness me you
0: wouldn't expect that from a bentley in it you'd expect it maybe a bit of petrol fumes, whereas well, it's burning the fuel but uh, but not
1: anything. Newscarriage every time with a blue blue puff of smoke. It's quite amusing.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Well, and have you ever? Obviously, you don't actually drive the cars yourself, but or yeah, have you ever kind of had a chance to have a go in anything like that? Or are they are they are they too wary of even yeah. letting you get near it?
1: I, I closest thing I came was I, I raced my own car for a while, but I haven't haven't. I'm the same as everyone else, where I race on a sim, dreaming of doing the real cars, but i have never. Never raced any of the real cars that I work on. I very much rely on the uh, the drivers. Although when I'm telling a driver to go faster, I'll pretend as if I've sort of been in it. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's
0: yeah. it. Come on, you're missing your apexes. You know, sitting... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. easy. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way to do it. So, what would you say has been one of your biggest challenges this year uh, in 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 all of your
1: motorsport uh, uh, work? It's got it's got to be the 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 fatigue that you get towards the end of a weekend or the end of the season. So the fatigue, just the, the literal fatigue of the the hours you work while you're trackside, that's, that's quite brutal. Um, or it's the the adapting to uh, every time you go to a new show, obviously going between the teams, between the um, different cars, you need to remember the different techniques. So actually that's probably tops of fatigue was the front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, uh the minis are front wheel drive, Aston's rear wheel drive, and you have completely different dynamics and driving styles based around them, which was quite hard to flip-flop between sort of on yeah. back to back weekends. But yeah, it's um I think it's just it's been the uh, lots of different bits, but we like a challenge. I think
0: <laughs> I right, because that's the thing. I mean the, the British GT championship I imagine it's quite a busy field. As well as the the mini the mini challenge, um, so it's kind of getting used to all those different cars and that some of these racetracks tracks as well. The all the, well, the pit garages are all quite small. Yes. And not so. You, how do you find coping with all of that? Because it's if you don't have much room to work,
1: it's uh, that's quite fun. So I mean, we range from I think Snet or Alton's probably the Alton's probably the smallest garage uh, that we go to on the British GT because we're not blessed with Croft or Knockhill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the biggest garage we go to, is Spa and Silverstone and Spa is like a monolith of. A <laughs> yeah, it's huge, isn't it? Absolutely massive it's uh it's 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 big but spa spa's lovely but uh so what the difference is at spa you have room to sort of stretch your legs and sort of uh move your chair back from your desk where is it it's to yeah. right next to the coffee machine <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't move you might scold yourself yeah that's, <laughs>
0: it? you know, it's that kind of thing Oh, that's, that's fantastic now we've got uh, lots of people at, at the moment in the, in the chat so i'm going to say to everyone watching. If you would like to ask Will a question, this is your chance. Just make sure you put it in capitals, and I'll be able to uh, read it out for you. And I can even now put it on the screen as well, so that you can see the kind of questions that will be coming through. That uh, and we said that uh, now Jerry, who was watching the BTCC, and he was saying that the Mini Challenge supports that uh, that calendar as well. That um, so what has it? What's been the kind of the most hilarious moments that you've seen, especially I imagine with the Minis, because you were saying earlier there's been quite a lot of action quite a lot of the cars ending up on their roofs.
1: Oh yeah, it was a there was one of those see, I think we had one at Knockhill, two at Alton. Uh I'm not sure they're hilarious moments, but they're certainly yeah. moments <laughs> you don't forget. <laughs> what a hilarious moments. Oh, I don't know. So there's not been a
0: big driver battle when right? they've, they've oh, done everything oh, they can yeah, there's there's been,
1: some, been some weird, weird and wonderful uh Interactions between various drivers at various different meetings. That's always quite amusing to watch, but stay well clear of that. There's no, it's <laughs> there, There's it's a good that's one thing about trackside and uh guys that work trackside. It's it's sort of one big family that yes. has good everyone's has good banter with each other. Uh, and it's it's very you you need to learn to work as part of a team because the fatigue sets in, people obviously get tired. Um, and they start to get cranky, but it's all about making sure that everyone gets on with each other. So the whole season's a, a good, you, you're laughing the whole way through in terms of just having fun with the guys you're with. And, and that leads to some of the results you get.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's a, the first question from <laughs> Rue. <Roo>. He says, <laughs> what is Will's preferred job, the techie stuff in the wind tunnel or trackside?
1: Trackside. I I think there's different preferences everyone has but mine is trackside there is nothing like uh, going to a track at 6, 7 in the morning and just being in the environment yeah. no matter what time everything happens, it, it happens and you, you move on with the day the day is very fast paced um there are moments that you, you can find yourself at a bit of a loose end, especially with the the sort of trackside calendar, uh, the like timetables you get. You can have yeah. it where your qualifying's at nine in the morning, but your race one's not till four pm, which gives you yeah quite a lot of green as an engineer, but it's um it's certainly trackside
0: Yeah. And uh I've got Lou has gone on to say how often do you just hit it with a hammer as he said. <laughs>
1: yes uh i think luckily the uh the the minis you don't often try and hit with a hammer although you obviously uh witnessed some interesting repairs in my time um uh the the british gt's definitely the the interesting thing about being on the touring cars and and being on the british gt paddock is that in the touring car certainly you car needs to be presentable when it goes out on track you need to have a technical a uh, form filled in for uh, sort of gaffer tape basically over the car which means that uh, yeah. you try and fix it without doing your genetta Junior yeah. taping <laughs> of half the bonnet so um, <laughs> it, it means that uh, quite often they're repaired.
0: actually it looks <laughs> span so all that's good there's no 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 allowances for anything like that but <laughs> uh, I like that... <laughs> <laughs> am no. I allowed
1: yeah, <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, no,
0: you haven't. Oh, that's fine then, that's fine. And i am going to say, because you're involved in all these different championships, you've met a lot of um, obviously, drivers and and because you, you work alongside them. So, who have been some of the celebrities or some of the famous uh, drivers that you've met along the way?
1: Uh, Ricardo, he was uh, oh. yeah, so I uh, <laughs> Renault or Alpin, yeah, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. pre uh, pre COVID and pre uh ricardo's departure i saw him at least twice around the factory and he's the spitting image of what he is on on tv he's uh, he's just hilarious to be around always with the big smile Uh, i'm sure there's points where he's serious um in meetings and stuff but he's he's very he's exactly like you expect him to be um He's probably my uh, my celebrity claim to fame.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does seem like a really top bloke, actually, doesn't he? He's always doing good stuff. And I remember at a time when he was at Red Bull um, and they were doing prizes. Uh, and so people could, uh, they entered this prize and then they would turn up at the door. And I think they had to give them a lift somewhere or in a car. And at the time, I think it was Infinity um, or they had some car or whatever. And, and so they would turn up at just a random fan's house and say, we're here to take you somewhere, to take you to the track or something or take you along. And so he would drive them along somewhere. Um, but he always seemed like he was genuinely enjoying the kind of fun yeah. side of, of all that kind of media work, you know. That uh, it's 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 quite a thing. But uh, but yeah, so we've got some great great questions here. And then by Jerry NCF1 says, "What's the quickest turnaround time in repairing a smashed up car?" Oh,
1: geez, uh, I mean, cars. So cars are tricky because uh, having worked on carts and and cars, cars we've we've had. I mean, at brands. Uh, we're repairing one that went into the wall. So, the, the, the problem with cars is they're not as quick as carts to repair. Obviously, yeah. a lot more bolts, a lot more bits going on. So, they tend to be overnight jobbies trying to get bits repaired. We do turn them round between sort of, uh, I said we, the, the team, uh, turn them around between sort of a, a crash and an instant uh, and the next race pretty quick. I've, I've seen them turn around within sort of four or five hours. Engine swaps are often. Uh, I saw a fair, my fair few this this season yeah. within sort of three four hours um, big smashes I, in the British duty I think it was a couple of teams that were taken out in sort of race one of a weekend and didn't make it out to race two because they tend to be a bit more complicated to repair um, but carts are carts are amazing fun from the point of view that you can see a sort of can't have quite significant damage. With an hour, another fresh one with various new parts is back on it, and that's they're so fast to put back together. But yeah, a couple of hours you can normally have repaired most things, unless it's a major shunt. The problem with a car is as soon as you get back to chassis, chassis rails, and chassis yeah. start to take their time. But um yeah, you don't have to straighten those things out, do you? Yeah. Having to that, you can you can do a lot of that overnight. Yeah. Like it's, it takes a lot to write a weekend completely off. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now that's uh, it, it. Does sound amazing. I was going to say with, with the kind of go karts that you work with as well. And um, what kind of carts are they? Are they like super carts, or are they are they like Club One Hundred, or
1: what kind of thing? Uh, so the carts I work with, uh, I do. A range, or I've I've worked on a range between the X thirty Iami series, so the the two uh-huh. strokes, uh, the Rotax, which is similar, uh, Honda Cadets, so the sort of eight to twelve sort of range. Um, uh-huh. I've steered away from the four stroke stuff. I've predominantly, and I raced T cams myself back. Yeah, at, uh, I'm looking at photos now trying to remember how long ago that was. About three, <laughs> four years ago. Wow,
0: yeah. I mean, it is great because I often watch Super GT and his races when he does his videos and his updates and things. Uh, and I mean, we always went to the, the go kart, especially when they drive in the wet, and they're still going well over these curves. And you think they always tell you when you go to a go kart arrive and drive, stay off the curbs, don't do that because they're so big. And you think you know, and you don't, you wouldn't really want to go over that. But when they race properly, you see that the the guys that are quick, they can they can go over them. It, uh, is that what you find um, yeah. when you were doing it as well you've got to make use of every bit of space you've got
1: yeah brake discs they they don't survive very well uh, <laughs> there's a <laughs> thing in Bolton where yeah. you often send a driver out in the wet and then you go and find the next brake disc <laughs> <laughs> the back in, you're like right that's another brake disc on then because they just smash the curbs uh, uh, chunks out of the brake disc and people in the comments will probably say oh it's a brake disc protector it's like, yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah, it's not
0: because I suppose there's nothing to on the other side of it, isn't it? You're just simply mounting it in a car. You've got bodywork, you've got other stuff
1: to surround it, so you but you don't have anything like that. No, uh, you you break this pretty exposed, you've got a break this protector, but certain curbs will just clip them. So I've seen I've seen them go in the wet. I've seen them, um, yeah, super, super GT does Wilton Mills sort of club rants, isn't he? Yes, yeah. So, yeah. I've seen them, uh, a few times because I ran a, uh, ran a chap on that grid for uh certainly the start of this season he's he's coming on really well
0: yeah on talking about that so if you're doing carting do you kind of take people on to try and help them get faster or what's kind of your main role in doing the kind of carting work?
1: yeah so when you're sort of working in carting you uh you tend to the way that carting teams are done is you've normally got a team manager overlooking say how many carts are in the awning then you've got some the mechanics, uh, working on the carts, and you may have a data engineer checking some bits, but as part of the mechanic role, you're uh, the mechanic on the cart, but you're then the sole point for watching the cart while it's out on track, taking the driver feedback, making the setup changes depends on what team you're working in as to what how they want to divvy up the responsibility but my one tends to be focusing uh doing the mechanic and then focusing on giving the driver some feedback making the setup changes that he between myself the team manager and the driver what we feels right to do so that's sort of really back to basics um driver coaching with them uh and doing bits like that and then obviously as i work different weekends on then doing performance engineering on a uh, Aston. So it's uh like... very different, isn't it? <laughs> it's amazing the amount of stuff that's the
0: same, to be honest. Now because you're around so many different drivers as well, they must have given you some quite good excuses over the time for why something isn't working. But do you have some famous excuses of why they weren't quick enough? Any any oh, good ones?
1: You get you get it's uh you get some rubbish ones of Oh, I would, um, it, it typically in a practice session, you'll always get the oh, well, it's only practice, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a good one, or that can't be possible when you're showing them data in front of you. So no, that doesn't work. or blaming the car for something is, is normally quite a good one. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, I haven't, I haven't had off the top of my head, I haven't had too many funny ones I think I've uh, you, you get used to different drivers and what they sort of say back to you um you have to learn to it's a bit of give and take you have to build some trust with them first because it's very easy for you to go to them right you need to break later and they sort of look at you going you're not driving yeah. this, which is a totally legitimate uh, <laughs> i <I'll> come <laughs> back to what I tell them so you you have to build a relationship up with the driver where they yeah, get to the point of trusting you going okay right uh i he i'm going through this pragmatically and working out why you can break later and i can go through that with you if you really want but i'll tell you you can break later here and, yeah. and then I go off and do it and go oh yeah i can or i can't because occasionally we get it wrong <laughs> They <Yeah>. try <laughs> and get <laughs> off, off onto the, the grass well, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite ones with one driver flat through cranes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at the
0: wrong screen. That's what you have to say when you come back at them or something. You know, you know it was like it, so. That was last year's data. Sorry about that. It, um, but yeah, you know, I'd say that. I mean, because yeah, I think you got such a close relationship with them, isn't it? When you hear them on F one, when you hear the engineers talk, you know they trust them. And then I know we like with well, Lewis Hamilton, he started just saying, "Oh well, I'll, I'll, he was challenging them mid race, which always seems um, like quite a quite a thing. Right? I suppose he's 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 got his idea of what's happening, and then you you know what you're doing. Um, and it's quite a quite a thing to try and you hope. I always I know that they, they do trust each other the majority of the time. Um, but it's it's they're they're so competitive they just don't want to get caught out. So you're gonna, you're kind of dealing with that as well. But uh, we always find that, in certainly in, in sim racing, it's very different. We have we have very poor excuses. Uh, <laughs> I I mean I, I know for, for me certainly I I can only I can only put that for myself. But uh, I, I I blame mine on not having load cell pedals. That's <laughs> the the, the, the <laughs> I, I can't slow down. Um, or I slowed down, but not enough. I didn't expect the corner to be completely blocked, you know? So I, that was one well, of things like that. Um, but, uh, and, uh, but yeah, so no, and, or I blame my OBS, um, uh, streaming software for not being oh. in the right time and I couldn't hear what was going on or I was, I was clicking something and it didn't, you? didn't you do it when it in <laughs> real time, but, um, but no, it's, it's quite a thing, but what inspired you to go into motorsport and obviously, you you've done an engineering degree, were, were you always really super keen to be involved yeah. in yeah. racing?
1: I think uh, to to work through the spiel quickly, I must have, my dad watched Formula One uh, when I was younger, and obviously therefore I took to watching Formula One with him. I must have had a a radio control car from very, very young, sort of uh, 24 months old, playing with just one of the wired radio control cars. I then definitely at the age of 11 got my first proper radio control car that was one of the one-eighth um, rally rally cross i can't remember exactly what they call them buggies so the the nitro powered 0.21 uh, engines and they they were brilliant so I, I raced that from sort of 11 to 16 but what was brilliant about them is the the amount of setup that you can do on a radio controlled car um wow. to me you have uh, everything it's is, yeah. is limited anti-roll bars diff settings um, forget camber and caster you can be changing the uh, pickup points on a radio controlled car without too much effort and without needing to sort of uh, spend millions on R&D development you just do it and you see what happens so radio controlled cars are a fantastic gateway into sort yeah. of understanding um, sort of the technical level of setting up a car I then move I think that that sparked the real interest because at sort of eleven, I decided I was going to. You need to do most for engineering to so the yeah. last of most of my teachers. <laughs> I then did GCSEs, A levels, and university as sort of planned, um, where I just decided it was exactly what I wanted to do at all costs. Um, yeah. And did did university. Uh, I was very fortunate to then jump straight into a Renault F1. Um, I. I've done then uh, a bit uh, two and a two and a bit three coming up to three years at uh, two and a half years at Renault F1, and then I think the the bit that swayed it is in that period of time I'd been karting trackside, I'd done some cars trackside, and the bit that uh, I wasn't getting from Formula one was the trackside stuff because I was a factory role, so it's. Uh, I just knew that trackside was what I wanted to be doing, um, and then sim racing gives you that bug as well. Because especially during Furlough, yeah, it, it came to a stop, and I was doing the bits with Josh on sim racing, and it just sort That's of really me. it's like uh, you're like brilliant. This is like the trackside buzz again, and that really sparked it again. But yeah, I think I've always I've always sort of been geared that way. Always a lot of my hobbies have revolved around racing, even recently taken up mountain biking and yeah. as much as that's not racing directly, it's it's very competitive uh, I, although it's not meant to be meant to go out for a laugh <laughs> I don't like losing, I often lose
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> although if you fall off, you're, you're going to know about it, isn't it, because you can fairly scrape yourself or do a bit of damage quite easily yeah um, <laughs> you, mountain bike.
1: you don't don't need the data to tell me that I've run out of talent for that corner <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, what is, I mean, when obviously, you go to lots of different tracks. You've been to Spa and all around Britain. Um, and, uh, I mean, what is it that gets you about motorsport? Because I, I, a, a couple of years ago, I went to watch uh, the Blancpain Championship at Silverstone and I saw a David Perel race. And there is a, a good atmosphere. But what, what do you find? Is there, is there something that is especially alluring about turning up to these great uh, racetracks? And, and what is it that, 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 that kind of brings you? know, what, What's the special bit about that? Spa
1: Spa was this year, the first time I went to Spa. And that was when you go around these tracks you obviously you have i've watched spa on tv many times for the grand prix um and you go to them and they're more they're always beat my expectation from what i expect especially uh, I, I mentioned Spa because i went for a track uh, i one i'm a killer or sucker for track walks um so i uh really that's to a long walk.
0: walk yeah that's a long yeah. walk
1: uh, I wanted to go on the track walk on the first day that we got there. or straight out on the track walk as soon as the track opened, as in uh, at the end of the day. And uh, what got me was the undulation. Forget of Eau Rouge and Radeon, the sort of common ones. It's walking around the, the back section of the track. There's a double left-hander that I can never remember the name of. The, 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 it's a really steep entry, uh, downhill entry into it and the the double left hander just falls away from you as you're walking around and in a sim i think i'd got the appreciation in the sim that it was flat with maybe a bit of slope but you go to them in real life and you're like wow these is these are cool yeah. these are real features uh makes it look very boring and flat um but yeah the tracks are just amazing um i always get a buzz going to them uh and it's um i think someone said "pooh on that
0: yeah, it might be that. Uh, is that yeah, it's the one that they go down and they kind of back off a little bit. Yeah, like it, is, it is dodgy. The car yeah, tends yeah. to always go out wide quite easily.
1: Uh, I say that if anyone wants to find British GT <clears throat> from this year, uh, our driver <laughs> did a fantastic overtake around the outside of a McLaren uh, for wow. the lead. That was. Uh, that was good but yeah the, the bit that gets you to track so you you have, i feel you have to be somewhat geared towards enjoying it but um i just love the atmosphere you get when you're at a track everyone you sort of walk up and down the paddock and you'll know a few people certainly after a couple of years of doing it you start to yeah. know a few people and you're always popping your head and going oh how are you getting on and it's a behind yeah. the scenes bit that i think you can see more now i'm getting the impression from uh, like especially with the touring cars doing the reverse garages where you can see the the real nitty gritty that goes on outside of uh, the boarding uh, yeah. in the garage that's, that's the enjoyment
0: yeah and I take it you've got two cars is it in each team or is it just one car in the mini challenge or how does it all work
1: yeah uh, so in the mini challenge we've got we had six five or six cars In the team, Uh, and then there was two. uh, There was a team manager, then a head of engineering, and then uh, two engineers split between the six cars. So, two data engineers slash performance engineers between the six cars. So, I had three drivers for the minis, um, and then in the British GT, we just had the one. Um, So, I was on the, the one car that we had as a team. So you it's, it's weird. You went from the British GT that you had 10-ish guys working on one car to the minis where you had sort of yeah. one or two people working on one car and a lot of you split between uh, uh, a few wow. cars. Brilliant because you, I got to work with three different drivers with three different styles, with three different setups um, that would learn off each other, would be good friends off the track. And that they were very close in pace on the track, and was fortunate to do do well with them throughout the season. Uh, and it, it's it's quite nice having there. I do enjoy the having a few different drivers across a weekend. Uh, it you can have, it gives you a bit more flavour for people trying different things with cars. If you've got one driver, they tend to want to do the same thing with with the car um, all going in the same direction. If you've got some different ones, it gives you a bit more sort of variety and you can try a few different things. And certainly if they're, if they're getting on well, you can use one driver to try something radical out on while the other two are sort of running on the baseline stuff. Which is yeah, quite good.
0: Now that's fantastic. Now, one of the questions we got was, did you ever have to mediate between two drivers? Now, I wasn't sure how many drivers at first you had in the team. So, so you've got three that you were looking after, Have you ever had a a situation where uh, two of them have been involved in an accident, um, and had to deal with uh, what happens afterwards?
1: Uh, I think karting's the the best and worst for having to mediate. But the the cars, the I was our team going into the final round had the P one and P two in the championship who were fighting nearly exclusively for the championship there's a couple of the mathematical contenders certainly not for the final race but it meant that uh, I was the engineer for one of the cars and a friend of my friend was engineering the uh, other <laughs> other car um but the drivers were extremely professional um the whole way through uh, they did a really good job at never never falling out with each other never uh being very extremely professional but all the way to the to the end and even once a result have been decided karting is brilliant because the difference in cars to karting is you get 30 uh very pumped up drivers all pulling into the assembly area or uh, the dome, the area at the end of the race forgive yeah. me i never remember these terms and park uh they're pulling to park firmer and that's um that's hilarious cause if if one driver has had a twang with another, they will go and find them because it's very easy in 30 carts to <laughs> <laughs> find that driver. And start pointing fingers.
0: <laughs> oh. yeah, that's the thing. Well, I had a, I had a famous moment with my with my friend Jonathan who's been asking all these funny questions there as well. Um in Lanzarote back in 1993, We went there for a holiday. Um and we went up to this amazing go-kart track that was in the in the volcano basically. Um it was it was just on the on the hill. Um and it was this great a uh, great racetrack. Um, and we had a bit coming together and he still blames me. He said, I cut him off. <laughs> um, and the thing was, I didn't hear a thing. I just, well, I, I didn't hear the sound of somebody breaking, to be fair. Um, and then I just continued on up the hill and went round. And when I got round to the, the same corner on the next lap, there was Jonathan uh, waving his fists at me uh, and saying, what have you done? I uh, was standing away from his go-kart. Um, so he was, he was not happy. Um, and afterward, he didn't talk to me at lunchtime or anything after the meal for a couple of days. It was quite, it was quite something. Um, but it was, it was a bit of a laugh um, doing all of that. And at that time, we saw what we still think today is possibly Lewis Hamilton, um, because he's about ten years younger than me, and I would have been about eighteen at the time. And there was someone who looked just like him who was practicing racing at this go kart track in Lanzarote. And I thought, there can't be many people who look, you know, look like Lewis in you know doing go karting anywhere really, the whole thing. So to have to be to be there, and he would have been about eight, about eight or so, um, and of course, and and he was there with a few other people, and he and he, he drove on our track as, as we were as we were having a go, um, and he just drove away from us. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I I, I don't I mean it may not have been him, but it certainly looked when I look at the pictures now, I think yeah, I, it must have been. Could kind of been too many folk, um, you know, that, that, that could match that. So uh, and I remember he signaled to me to kind of stay in his and to watch his lines and to kind of follow him. But I was I was. Uh, nowhere near I, I was 18 and, and i thought ah, i could do this myself i don't need to, i don't <laughs> need to follow some eight-year-old that's you know you know, that kind of like thing and how wrong i was um but uh, but um but there in fact now jonathan has said he's rearranged my question deflecting the question away from his guilt sense general merchant would have been a great steward bring in the guilty driver so it's uh so and then I'm saying did i cause the crash well perhaps i may have done I don't know. I think it was <laughs> one of these mutual were Both both caused it all. But, um, but no, that's the thing. So, what makes you the most kind of nervous? What's the most nervous part of of uh, a race weekend? Oh. Is it when they on the grid waiting to to go, or what's uh, the worst
1: parts than that? The, the worst part is once the drawb's gone. So uh, when they uh, so with the minis, uh, when you're in a support sort of paddock for the main series. Uh, you, you go over to the dummy grid and you're standing with the driver. And that I don't mind that so much. I can sort of pop around, chat with my drivers, chat, well, okay, make sure the GoPro's all working, bits like that, any final bits you want to say to them. And then they pop off and then you're like, okay, they've gone now. Then then you, uh, you go stand on the grid and they go for their green flag lap and you're like, yeah, this is, I noticed my sort of uh, stress level increasing then. And then it's when they get on the, the pool to the, the line for the green, green flag start for the race. Yeah. And you just, that, that's the most stressful bit. Cause you're like, Oh God, here we go. Did I, uh, <laughs> did I tell them all the right advice for turn one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you have no control at that point over what's going on. The the British GT is a little bit different because you have a rolling grid. Um, and you're in comms with the driver. Um, so more like Formula One, it's, is a little bit different. That doesn't feel, um, that the bit that gets quite nervous for me in the British DT weekends is a pit stop because I was the the lollipop guy on the front wow. of and um, really? so I had the uh, the the whole team does an amazing job during the pit stops. I couldn't imagine doing some of the other jobs; they scare the life out of me. But the. Yeah one of the responsibilities I had is you, you flag the driver coming in, which is fine. You try and not get run over yourself, which <laughs> proves to be more difficult occasionally than you thought. Um, you stop in the box and then you have a mandated pit stop time. So it's not like Formula 1. I can't just sort of release when ready. You have to you have to wait, but sometimes that can be quite tight. And then uh, then you have to release them into the traffic. And it's a releasing them into the traffic that you're like, oh, because you expect them to pull away instantly. Uh, yeah. If you away quite as you expect and you've got someone in the fast lane you're like please don't door him and uh, that's <laughs> expensive. uh so that that's that that's really good fun though um but you've got guys on the fuel i i can't uh guys on the fuel guys on the tires um yeah. and drivers have to jump in and out at that point it, i find that in the in those weekends is the most stressful but at the end of it it's one of the best feelings, especially because you've had an impact on, on the race at that point. You are part of the yeah. race. Um And we have overtaken sort of people in the pits and we've also had disaster pit stops. So <laughs> I know it feels both ways, not quite formal on three seconds. I think we're mandated to sort of be in the pit lane for two minutes. Um, oh, yes, so it's quite it's a lot. Re- it's quite a lot, but when it sounds like a lot, but when you've only got sort of an impact gun, five five stud uh, <laughs> wheel nuts and uh, sort of 80 litres of fuel that isn't pressurised to go in, it yeah. quickly disappears. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely.
0: And and I am going to
1: say, because if you're doing like driver changes as
0: well, do you ever, uh, I mean, because obviously a, a race seat doesn't really move, does it? I mean, that's, you know, once it's in, um, you have to kind of unbolt it to, or, you know, if somebody's a different height and different build. How does that all work? Because shouldn't that all take a bit of time?
1: <laughs> Technical cushion. If you uh, ever watch a British GT pit stop, you'll occasionally notice of a black object about cushion size disappearing from the cockpit uh, Mm. to somewhere in the garage because you sort of just they throw it out um, or vice versa if they're sort of carrying it over depending on which way round it's going and it's a technical cushion so you'll have your your. Bigger driver of the two will sort of take preference, and then the uh, of the seat size and the smaller driver will have his padding. Equally, the steering racks do move in them, so we'll sort yeah. of switch to another position. But um, they, yeah, it is a compromise. That's another thing about the the British GTs; GT, just it's a different beast because you've got two drivers that want naturally want the car slightly different, especially when you've got a pro and an Am, But you've got a yeah. compromise. So yeah, the seating position is is one of the. The many compromises, but um, yeah, setups a different one, and sort of luckily, the preference on who goes out first and second during a race is predefined by by the fact they're pro and an AM and the way that the series work. But who goes out first in practice is sort of all that's all quite fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. No, it does it does sound great. So, where would you like to to see your kind of career go forward to? What what would be your kind of ideal uh, working situation there in modern sport?
1: it's it's definitely i i want to go towards doing more endurance gt racing and specifically i, I want to now <laughs> i said want to now i i would like to in the future be a race engineer at le mans is the next goal what class whether it be sort of oh, yeah. lmp2 or gts um, i'm i'm not so worried but uh, that's where i would like to work my way towards so at the moment doing well i'm subject to various bits hopefully race engineering a gt car in the british gt next year or or rather, and then uh we'll see that's a step in the right direction and then see where it goes goes after that really it's um but yeah hopefully in the next sort of five years i wouldn't mind doing doing le mans i think that's 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 the goal next um but in between that i mean uh, I know there's sort of flagship events like the 24 Hour of Dubai, 24 Hour of Spa. I'd like to do yeah. um, lots of events like that, so I would like to go tick round some some sort of uh, goals. Yeah, and, some
0: great circuits, aren't there? And yeah. Is that Dubai Autodrome? So they do yeah. it there, is it? Yeah, that looks like quite a good track. I love the Abu Dhabi track. I'm quite yeah. interested to see how that's going to go with the new layout as well. Um, and there's great circuits, I was like Monaco. I managed I, I to drag my kids there and my family. Uh, we went over to France for my, my um, uh, mother's 70th birthday a few years back, um, but I, we did a day trip from the south of France, from Nice, on the underground, on the, on the train to uh, to into Monaco. Um, and we had a great, well, I mean, I made my kids and the whole family walk around the whole track and they all did the whole thing. Um, and it, it was great. Uh, there's just something about Monaco. Is that, and is that somewhere you've, you've been?
1: I haven't been. I can't. Do you know what? I don't think I have. I don't have a burning desire to race there or be working as an engineer there either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: think fantastic, but I mean, there's better there's race. No room, there. is it? There's <laughs> that. There's no
0: room. That's probably the biggest problem. Although I think the historic Grand Prix looks amazing because then they have all those incredible cars, and that looks a great race. And we were there just after they took everything, or they were in the process of taking everything down. Uh, it was towards the end of June when we went, but, um, but it's the atmosphere because the place, this is incredible. Um, And you just think how many famous people have walked these streets and you walk (laughs) along the the start, finish straight and you can see the grid still painted on the road, you know? So I I took a video, I got down on my knees and I just kind of tried to get it down to driver level to see what they would see um, (laughs) as you go down the street, you know, but, um, but it's, it's an, it's an amazing place. Is there any particular track as well, like far away that you would like to go and visit other than Dubai?
1: Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to take off some of the European circuits. Uh, I want to do Zandvoort. That looks. That looks good. Fun. Um, oh, I did a random one. M- Montreal has always been a sort of budget yeah. circuit. I know that not many GT races going up there, but I might have, wouldn't mind going to Montreal. I think that's a fantastic circuit. Uh, I mean, Melbourne would be awesome to go to, but again, <laughs> that's uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, some of the European circuits. I haven't actually done Barcelona yet. That would be good fun. But in, in terms of the UK, I've I've done most of the UK major circuits. Um I haven't done uh, Anglesey is about the only one that I haven't been to that I'd like to go and go. I've heard everyone talk about Anglesey. And I've not been for a test day yet. So that's um that's one I'd like to go to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's right but well, that's about one of my my, my admin's Rue. He's not too far away from Anglesey. Yeah. Uh, he's in Wales, so it's, it's uh, he'll definitely tell you um, what's been. Uh, I think he may well, have been there. Uh, he, he says he has been there. Um, but uh, so no, that's that is, it. Is quite. I think there's uh, so many amazing tracks all over the world now. Yeah. Um, it's this and 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 the ones you see historically as well that make you think. Oh, I'd love to do that. But would you ever consider? A high, I know a kind of top engineer job back again in an F1. If you had a chance, yeah, If you would that be something you would maybe look at if it ever came up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh I take everyone track trackside in Formula is probably amazing. I can't can't comment obviously I was factoring Formula 1, but uh yeah, I would love to do it at some point, but right now the desire to do GT racing is is definitely yeah. greater the, the endure it's the more than 2 hour races proper endurance racing that I like. So sort of uh, 12, well 6, 12, 24, uh just that is definitely on the bucket list. I'm sure roll well, on a few 24-hour races and I will go, yeah, two hours is fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, that's the thing. So where can people find you if they're, if they're looking for you in, in, in racing? Well, obviously, you're doing all the engineering work, but if they want to kind of come along and support the championships, where's the best place to kind of catch you during the year?
1: Uh, oh, any any circuit in the UK, the touring car weekends or, or British GT weekends, uh, subject to clashes. Uh, I you tend to find the paddocks are normally quite open now, so certainly the, the minis you can walk outside the ga- uh, you can walk outside the front of the awnings now. Uh, I think have always been able to do that and sort of wave hello, um, and that way occasionally you'll catch the rare the rare spotted sight of an engineer outside of the truck <laughs> so, <laughs> um in the british GT weekends we're in the, the back of the garages so you um we don't we we don't have a data truck in the team so some of the teams that have yeah really fancy sort of trucks that uh have got offices inside them that they go and bury themselves away in but we're just on some uh, tables at, out the back of the garage means we are quite easy to spot uh, uh-huh. Yeah, we just we tend to always in the pit lane sort of area or in the paddock area and just normally um, milling about we are yeah normally hiding away behind a laptop
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be know, used to all this racetrack food as well isn't it which is usually oh, yeah. is, it, is it a, a caravan or, or are you are you fortunate enough to get to get uh, catering in oh, to help you
1: we're, we're very fortunate the uh, the minis, we sort of bring our own stuff at the weekends and go out for an evening meal. That's that's yeah. really good. I uh, I tend to eat rabbit food on a weekend. I try and keep the fitness <laughs> up. Go for a run in yeah. the morning and then rabbit food during the day, as they like to call it. Uh, British <laughs> weekend's we catered and it's that's brilliant. <laughs>
0: yeah, was, oh, you don't,
1: yeah. You need of It's right above the uh, bus stop chicane. That's that was a good spot to sit at.
0: Oh wow, that would be that would be pretty good, isn't it? I because I, I it was quite funny when I when I went to the Vlogpin uh, race and I was I had won an actual thing by Renault to go to, it. Um, so I was I was in their kind of area for hospitality and then they said oh you go and have lunch in our tent so I, I went across and all these other you know we had team um, uh, 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 t- um, team personnel and it was like in a small buffet and of course I went to the buffet and I, I helped myself a few times because they said well there you are you can have it but I must have eaten probably more than everyone else on the entire table <laughs> because they all they always say they all have tiny amounts because they, all, they don't want to be feeling you know I, I was quite fortunate I, I was one of the, the guests so I could I could relax and I don't have anything to worry about but I could see all these people were all kind of quite stressed and quite they, they, they take it so seriously wasn't um, when I mean you have to because it's such an important um, racing for, for so many of them isn't it so that's that's the thing. But, um, but what would you like to say? We've got our community here of people watching. Um, what would be, if they wanted to get involved in in, uh, in engineering and, and, and gonna of to sport like what you're doing, what would
1: you say is the best way to start? Uh, volunteering on race weekends is definitely a good start or just getting involved in race weekend stuff. So alongside whatever job you're doing or studying you're doing, just getting involved, um, anything from sort of uh, being a number two techie uh through to sort of tire assistant or if you're fortunate enough, jumping in as sort of a, uh, data engineer in a sort of more junior series, then you just got to get involved. I don't think yeah. you, you just need to build up experience. You, definitely an element of fortune needs to be on your side. A lot of teams get a lot of people asking to help. Um, and you definitely need to be right place, right time for some of the things to work out, but you just got to get yourself involved. Um, we depending on your background reading up on various different bits to do with race cars is is definitely a bonus but it's just getting involved uh, yeah. that's that's uh, the key thing is um, being being there because as if you're within the team you've got a much better chance of getting that role that you want than being in it than being outside of it
0: yeah absolutely no that's that's the thing <laughs> my, my friend john said to you so um, regarding sophia flush all I had was a dream and 14 million euros. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think there is that thing because we were looking at some of the, the you know, the, the drivers coming through Formula W, um, and you do wonder the amount of money that the, the parents must have had to pay to, to get them on these, uh, you know, racing. Um, I suppose different championships, getting them up there, and some of them go on doing stupid. I think Jimmy Chadwick's done an amazing job um, to win that twice now in the Formula W Championship. Um, but it is motorsport; it's not cheap. That for sure, isn't it? It is just. It is and even now it'll be even more expensive with inflation and everything else. It's going to be it's going to be something. But ah, this is the question. I was I was um, with your kind of F one experience. What do you think is going to happen next in terms of engines? Do you have any idea of what they might come out with? Uh,
1: not other than the spill that came out in from that twenty twenty five, wanting to be more. It's economical with different fuels. I don't know. It feels a bit behind the curve at the moment. Um, so I had rumours of three-cylinder engines, which I think would be quite, quite interesting because you would have
0: a high rev range. You would have an amazing rev range.
1: It would be brilliant because my Suzuki Swift would be a Formula One car because at the moment it's <laughs> three-cylinders because it's a hybrid turbo. Uh,
0: All right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so. All for that because then I can sell it off as an F1 inspired. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, that's it. You may as well do what you can. That yeah, yeah. enough. <laughs> no,
1: it's it's got to do something to um, bring it more in line with the government's um, electrify. Yeah. But I think it's doing one thing. It's really undersold the fact that they're only using the amount of fuel they're using with a six cylinder engine pushing out the best part of a thousand horsepower. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't quite understand that. that ah, the technology that's involved. Be, uh, uh, I mean, that's what makes me. I'm. I'm not. I'm not a big
0: electric fan. Only because I just think like, they're quite expensive in terms of the sustainability of what goes into building one is is the issue. And I think maybe the hydrogen type. They're saying that they can now potentially do is a um, compressed uh, natural gas or, or it's a hydrogen that, that that could actually use a normal combustion engine. And I think that might be maybe a better way because at the end of the day. Technology has to be better than what it replaces to really make it work. And I think at the moment, electric cars are very expensive and they don't actually do what you hope. You know, if you have an average diesel car, it'll do 500, 600 miles to a tank. Um, But an electric car might do 250, you know, and you're going to pay 50 grand for it. So (laughs) that's got to kind of come forward a long way and also the way how they build it, I think. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how F1 adapts to it all. I mean, I, I love the v engines. They were just the most incredible sounding uh, cars when yeah. they used to get the old V8s, weren't they? And I remember seeing testing and they would do the practice runs to the grid and then they would just bang the car off the, the rev limiter as they came to the grid. And, oh, that was just the best sound um, that you could ever, ever hear, you know, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly quite a thing. Now we've got some, I've got a quick question here as well. Um, how much is it to race a Mini for a year? He says, Will my furlough money cover it?
1: <laughs> uh, I to be honest, I don't get involved in, in how much it costs, uh, other than it, it's going to be in the, the sort of tens of thousands. to make a, a good budget to race in it, you, you're going to be wanting at least a hundred thousand of the thought to do a season, but I, I can't yeah. comment on the, the actual finances. I try and keep myself distanced from that type of thing, but but I mean. British GT, I'm well aware that you could probably go and find a seat somewhere between the 160 to 300 thousand, but none of those figures are including crash damage, uh, yeah, yeah. insurance, and bits like that. You, yeah. it's a, it's definitely still a rich man slash woman's game, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's. Be- Coming more accessible. I think I'm lying if I say that. Becoming more accessible. It's. Uh, I think sim racing is is a really good gateway. Um, yeah. I've certainly started to see some successful sim racers. Jimmy Broadbent being one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Obviously, racing the Praga this year. Uh, you've got Super GT and karting. You've. You're noticing a few more sim races. I think Brendan Lee um, managed yeah. to jump in a car for a bit. They're they are getting there with some of the sort of schemes to get guys that don't necessarily have big budgets behind them into racing. But at the end of the day, racing costs money. Um, but then you can't judge them all like with the the same statement of oh they've they've come from wealth or anything because if you speak to a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys work yeah. really hard. They work full time. Oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. Um, they attract their sponsors by. Uh, doing doing the graft, so it's um it certainly is a it's, it's an expensive hobby, but yeah. it, um the- I
0: think that, that that's it. It's probably the majority have to work really really hard to get there. Yeah. You do get the the odd few that have the rich parents that can afford to um to do it. So um but or to help them on their way. Um, but as you say, it's it, it's you've got to have talent to have a chance to drive these cars, isn't it, and keep them on the track and, and do well and get the kind of results that are. Required to kind of keep you going and, and move you on. Now, in in, in closing, I say I know you're doing some sim racing work. and Is it potentially some uh, sim coaching work? did you see yeah, you might be yeah. doing? Yes. So, if the, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to 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 learn how to drive faster, what do they need to do?
1: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I need to do that, out, don't I? I uh, tend to do everything through word of mouth at the moment. I'm sure, uh, to be honest, it, it's going to be finding me through. Um, Either well, LinkedIn or Facebook, or um, I, I will have a website going up soon. It's going to be sort of World Annual of Performance Engineering. It's going to be what it's under. Um, but to be honest, yeah, I'm, I'll have to send you some some yeah, yeah <laughs> no, that would be great. I'll we'll
0: put them on our website for you. We'll put them on on
1: our on our, on our YouTube links as well on our description for you.
0: But uh, that that was the thing that you see there, I know there was somebody putting a, a a comment about me. I think it was Rue actually. Um, it says here. Going back to the food that we were eating, in Formula One, and he's called me the KFC champion. <laughs> that's what that's what I would be. That's what I would be eating if that was the case. But they don't do, unfortunately, that at most race racetracks. I don't think I've ever seen a KFC um, stand or lorry at any of the things that what we find. But but um, no, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on the show tonight, and just to get an idea of what it's like to work in the in the field of real motorsport i um, know as you're doing into sim racing as well because all of our guys here in the community we love love sim racing but we also like to know what it's like to have the real kind of pulse of being in and when, it, when it's raining on a bank holiday weekend and you're out there at six in the morning doing your practice or whatever it might be um at Brands hatch or spa it must be quite exciting and and uh, we wish you all the best for next year but when do you start when's the first Race of the of the, of 2022 for you.
1: At the moment, it's the uh, uh, Easter bank holiday weekend at Alton with the British GTS. That's at the moment the first one on the calendar.
0: Oh well, so you've got a little bit, a little bit of time, a
1: little, little bit of rest. That will be the first car race anyway. Karting carting will start in in January.
0: Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Well, stay on the line just now, but I'll bring the, the 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 show to a close. But it's been an absolute privilege, Bill, to have you on the show and to and to get an update of how well you've done. You've your your team has won the British GT uh, Championship. It was a it was the was oh, it the, category, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pro which is fantastic. I want to be sure I get that one right. You're the the Mini Challenge champions, yes. um, and this incredible F1 experience and going into sim uh, tutoring as well. What an incredible! Um, career and uh, and I'm sure you've worked incredibly hard to get that so well done, congratulations and we wish you all the best uh, for continued success in your motorsport career, but you've been watching the Car, Sim and Race Driver show with Will Daniels, our very special guest and if you want to come on the show, just give us a shout you can email us on the website at HughHattrick.com, just fill in the form there, or you can go on our Discord all of which is linked down below but as our famous phrase goes. Do you know our phrase, Will? Have you watched oh. enough of our shows? <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, nobody ever does. <laughs> it is, drive fast and try not to crash. And if you do, you might just win the race at the first corner. Take care, everyone, and bye to say